In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. And I always look forward to these wonderful Mondays because I get to be here with you. So thank you for being here today. I am Marla Tabaka, and we are here with yet another very fascinating topic and guest. But let me ask you something. How's your employee retention going? Hmm? It's not always easy for a small business owner to hang on to a good employee these days, is it? What about your customer retention? That's probably even more difficult. Is your customer retention less than 50%? And lastly, are you finding it more and more difficult to attract customers while your customer acquisition costs are going up? on the rise. That's happening across the board, isn't it? Well, if you're struggling in any of these areas, it is time for some culture, company culture, that is. And that's what we're here to learn more about today. You know, one of my favorite examples of a company culture that is certainly up to date and and working well is at Zappos.com. And who better to speak about company culture than the man who helped Zappos create that culture. And that's who we have with us today, consultant and author of The Culture Secret, How to Empower People and Companies No Matter What You Sell. Dr. David Vick is with us, and he was recruited to help build that culture with Zappos, and he worked with the employees and upper management on relationships, communication, goal setting, reinvention, while creating a common language, the key to an outstanding company culture. And all of these things together help to create and drive this culture that works. So I would love to welcome to the show Dr. David Vick. Thank you so much for being here today. Beautiful. Thank you, Marla. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Well, I'm just I'm just thrilled to death to have you on this show, Dr. Vic, because as I said, you know, I, I write for Inc. Magazine and and I have so often used the Zappos culture as just that that outstanding example of how to make things click and work both for customers and for employees and how important that is. So I'm really excited to pick your brain. <laughs> Beautiful. So, so you were recruited by Zappos. First, I have to ask you, wow, how did you land that gig? Oh, boy. Um, well, it goes <laughs> back. I had a, uh, a clinic with a, with a super culture where I had, um, you know, long-term employees, and um, I attracted a lot of uh, customers. And um, 
I did that for 20 plus years. At the at the start, I had the founder who was a patient, Nick, and um, I was actually one of the first investors in Zappos. And I actually retired in 2004 oh. from practice. That was my goal. Um, we we had one of the best clinics, most successful in the country. So it allowed me to retire. And then um, a while later, I just went down to Zappos because I kept in touch with Nick and. And actually, Tony and I went down and did a, a two two day uh, motivational, inspirational workshop. And um, so I did that after two days. And unbeknownst to me, after it was over, Tony actually did a survey. And I think there was about 118 employees at the time at headquarters. And um, they asked me to come down and work with the company. Mm. So that's how uh, I went from um, a chiropractor to retired to uh, to to Zappos. That's a great story. It's it's just fabulous, and and what an exciting opportunity for you that must have been uh, to create a culture like this, and and uh, you know to work with two such thought leaders and be involved with uh, Zappos on the rise. So wow! And now you've written this book, The Culture Secret: How to Empower People and Companies, No Matter What You Sell. Tell me a little bit about that. No matter what you sell, piece of that. Okay. Um, well, I tell you what. Um, the book isn't about how to how to copy Zappos culture. Zappos culture is unique, and uh, the mm-hmm. founder Nick, and then the CEO Tony. You know they're visionaries, and uh, they did a fantastic job to go ahead and, um, you know, just kind of lay out the culture that we wanted. And um, it, it was just an incredible, incredible experience. And so the book is basically about how to how to um, empower people and come with companies, no matter what you sell. And what you sell is really no matter what you sell, you can go ahead and attract employees and you can attract customers if you align the culture properly and that's that's the big challenge culture is seems to be squishy a little bit and everybody kind of wants to you know have a great culture that'll attract employees and customers but they don't always put the 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 right structures in place to go ahead and have that uh, come about yeah. So many of the people uh, listening here today, David, would be small business owners, and they may have a couple of employees, or they may have a number of contracted employees. Tell me why it's important for such small businesses to really understand, A, what a company culture is all about, because let's face it, that's not the first thing on our minds when we when we launch a business. And B, why it's important to have a consistent culture. Well, I tell you what, um, people, if they're going to be attracted to something, whether they're customers, employees, uh, it's pretty much paramount to, to let people know what you do and why you do it. Mm-hmm. And once you go ahead and start with that, that's the vision and purpose of your company. Once you understand that you have to go ahead and articulate clearly uh, what you're doing and why you're doing it, then you'll attract the right right kind of people that will help help create it and deliver it and the customers well, that want it. Yeah, and that what and why is really your core marketing message. It becomes the values behind how you run your company and, and helps you in your decision-making and, and so many things, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, this is what we do. This is why we do it. And the people come aboard. And once they know the vision and purpose, they can reinvent 
They don't have to ask, you know, you know, what do you want me to do now? Because they know what they're doing and why they're doing it, so they can go ahead and create and deliver exactly that message if it's clearly articulated. Yeah. So understanding your purpose, your mission, your your values, and aligning that business model to them, so there's great clarity, not just for the client um, or the customer, but also for the employees, right? Absolutely. I mean, if you if you want to go ahead and, and create a great culture, you start with the employees because, after all, they're the ones that are going to make it and create it mm-hmm. and reinvent it. And mm-hmm. so if you start the culture with them, the, the output to the customer will be exactly what you want. And and how how successful is this model, David, in a company that works virtually with their employees or their contractors? Uh, it could definitely work great. You know, remote cultures, um, that's, that's starting to become a big thing. People have a lot of choices of where to work and, and who to work for and customers who to give their money to. So when you have a remote culture, um, it can really, really work good, especially if you can tie in, you know, what you're doing and why you're doing it. Otherwise, everybody kind of does, you know, things that may not be aligned to what you want to be created or reinvented or delivered, and um, things, as far as the results are concerned, they're not always what you want. So it's real important. I think it's probably even more important that um, that you have at least a vision and purpose started and the articulated, aligned culture with people that work remotely. And so once you have that going, once you have that that the those basics of the the why, the purpose, the mission. Um, how do you, when and how do you been, begin communicating it to your remote employees? Well, just, you know, as soon as possible. So you have the same language, consistency with, with what you guys are doing or what everybody should be doing. And um, just as soon as possible. You know what I mean? So they, they can basically just um, deliver what needs to be delivered and create what needs to be created. Mm-hmm. Is it more? Is it much more difficult? Because at a company that that has you know a brick and mortar presence, whether it's a warehouse or office space or what have you, it seems to me that it would just be a lot easier to communicate and to live in that culture with our employees. But when you have what you termed as a remote culture, where you're not engaged with the employees for eight, nine, ten, whatever hours a day. It's a little trickier. Do you, we're going to go into a break in about a minute and a half. But before we do that, do you have any tips for for entrepreneurs who are living in this reality for really getting engaged in that culture with remote employees? Yeah, absolutely. It's just you have to create the common language so everybody knows it. But one of the most important things is you step back a little bit and uh, you say, okay, you know, one of the uh, famous, a famous VC said it perfectly. He goes, I don't care what they make. Uh, you know, how big is the market? And so what you got to do is look at the market first, and if you step back one step further, look at the market of the people today in America or, or the world. America particularly, everybody has pretty much been hosed for the last 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people are, like, a lot less trusting of who they work for and who they give their money to. And if someone articulates exactly uh, you know, what they're doing and why they're doing it, then then you're going to attract those people, attract those customers, and you have to align yourself with the wants, needs, and demands of 
of society nowadays. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's, it's not going to last. And for the wants, needs, and demands right now of society is a lot of times a remote culture. I'm working with one company that has a remote culture. They, they meet once a week, and then everybody does their own thing. And I talk to an engineer, and he says, I love it because I go to sleep with my computer. I wake up with my computer. If I have to get dressed and come in, it's a distraction. Okay, that's great. Okay, we are going into break. We'll be back here in a moment with Dr. David Vick, and you can learn more about him at theculturking.com. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. We'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, And yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. On the Rockstar Radio Network. Why do I feel so lousy? Why are my medications working? Why can't my doctor figure me out? These are just a few of the questions Dr. Kevin Connors will be exploring in Dr. Kevin Connors Live on Toginet.com. The author of the book, Help, My Body is Killing Me, solving the connections of autoimmune disease to thyroid problems, fibromyalgia, depression, ADD, ADHD, and more. He'll dig into these and many other conditions to dissect the mechanisms of your problems. Giving God the glory and looking for answers to make you look and feel better. To make you feel whole again. For more on him, his book, and the show, check out UpperRoomWellness.com. Never be satisfied with a diagnosis. There is always a reason behind it. And if you can alter the mechanisms that led you down your current path, we can change your future. It's Dr. Kevin Connors, live here on Togginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Togginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. So do you think your business is up to date with the current wants, needs, and demands of customers and employees? Well, we're here for that reality check with Dr. David Vick. And also, head on over to Inc.com where you'll see this week's piece that uh, I did with Dr. Vick, and it's five steps to creating a great company culture. There's some really great brief steps there for you to take off to, to, to launch this whole new culture that you're 
about to create. How exciting. Dr. Vic, thanks for being here. Going into break, you know, you hit on something I think that is really critical that in in today's world, many people consider having to pack up that computer and actually go to a workplace as as, uh, a distraction to their core mission, which is to deliver whatever it is that they were hired to deliver. Um, I think it's important that to realize that, and I have just out of a personal experience, I've spoken to two people this week, uh, prospects, coaching prospects, and both of them happen to be in the SEO and web development business. And both of them, ironically, were absolutely convinced that they could only work with clients who were in their geographic region. Because it, it's impossible to to uh, gain prospects online, which I thought was kind of ironic. And the reason they believe that is because people, according to them, people don't trust people in developing a website or doing SEO campaigns or PPC campaigns that they don't get to meet face to face. What do you think about that theory? Well, yeah, that um, that's a good theory, Mar- Marla, and uh, thanks for bringing it up. But the big challenge um, nowadays, it's, it's becoming more and more popular. And, again, kind of tying it back to the vision and purpose, like the vision um, and purpose for the culture secret is empowering people and companies, plain and simple. So if anybody wants to come on board and empower people and companies, perfect. That's what we're going to align to. And there's some people that don't want to do that, and they're not going to be attracted to it. But the people that can say, hey, I want to empower people and companies, this is what I have to offer, it's like, go ahead, do it, as long as you're empowering people and companies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, face-to-face is, is really the best. Um, you know, you create relationships, the understanding and so forth. But if there's any way you can go ahead and have, um, you know, tie-in meetings, a once-a-week, um, you know, organizational meetings, that's a real key thing. But... Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is things are scaling uh, with the video conferencing and so forth that over time people are going to probably choose to um, empower their lives and have a little bit more autonomy versus actually going to an office and having meet somebody that's going to probably be a little bit less and less you know in the future with you know because that's scaling with the information age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I too, I believe that it is possible to build a great culture and earn the trust of prospects and and clients if you work with them virtually. And I think that's an important place that we have to recognize when we're talking about building a company culture, because I we want those small business, those entrepreneurs to understand that culture is still very important, even if they're working virtually. So, so let's give out some tips to both virtual and brick and mortar businesses. Um, and I know we have our five steps to creating a great uh company culture over at Inc. at Inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen tobacco. Shall we expound on those tips? Is that the best way for us to proceed today? Sure. Whatever I can do to, to help empower people and companies. <laughs> that's what you're all about. I love that. that that's what I'm all about. And, and Marla, just backing up a little bit, you know, the big thing, especially when you have people that are working remote, 
you know, if like say, let's say you hire someone, say, okay, I want you to a website, and they go, okay, what do you want me to do? And it's like, okay, do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and then they kind of do it, and they come back and and they show it to you. It's like, well, I don't know if that's what I want. So can you do this, this, and this? And what happens if people don't really own it? because they don't have the big picture of what they're supposed to create. But with the vision and purpose, you have this huge picture, and so they come up with stuff that's probably better than you can think of. And when it comes back, all you really have to do is nudge if it's not what you want. So that's, that's a key thing with, um, you know, being, being clear. And you, you won't attract everybody, but there's a lid for every pot. Yeah, you're right. You're right, there is, and we can't be all things to all people. So it's important to understand your niche, which would be included in who you want to serve, your vision and purpose, and your business model. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So so our first point um, in this week's Inc. article was to create a compelling vision. And, you know, David, I think that I think that people struggle with this more than we can recognize do you, yep. do you find that to be true? Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the biggest things is when you create a vision, you got to put it through the litmus test. It should attract employees, and it should attract customers. You know, and I've worked with companies. I say, okay, make a vision. You know, this is really cool. Make a vision. And they come back, and they go, you know what? Our vision is to make our employees independently wealthy. Mm. And that's a beautiful vision for the employees but when yeah, you try but, to pass them on, will it attract customers? Not so much. No, right. So if they were to, did you help them with that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we cleaned so that what up. Did you, <laughs> what did you end up with? Do you know? Do you remember? Pardon me? Well, basically, we wanted to deliver the best service and experience with that company because, it, again, it's all about the experience. So we can talk about that a little bit later. But we just got to get the structure in place first. Again, it has to attract employees and customers. And it's not really what you do. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like Apple. Apple is such a great company. And they didn't say, hey, we're going to uh, make the best computers to go against Microsoft or anything like that. Because that would corner into only making computers. But their vision is making tools for the mind. Mm-hmm. Which that. opened up every opportunity and possibility to scale in the future. It allowed the direction um, to be aligned with the employees in in what they can do and what they can create and what they can think about. So it's making tools for the mind. And they didn't say making products because products don't even really have to be useful, but tools are. So that's this real succinct uh, situation where it opens up all the opportunities and possibilities for the future and doesn't corner them in, the, in a cul-de-sac of only making computers. Mm-hmm. Make sense? So, go ahead. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Do you, do you have a question or two that you usually use to help empower your clients with understanding, you know, questions they can ask themselves to, to start building this vision statement? Absolutely, Marla. Thank you for asking. It's, you know, you, you kind of know what you do. Let's say you have a, uh, gosh, let's say a rental car company. And as far as rental car companies, most people just go for the lowest price because they can't really figure out what, what uh, differences they have in between the companies. 
Mm-hmm. You just go for the lowest price. But, you know, when companies basically, uh, rental car companies, basically they rent cars. That's what they do. But you got to think a little bit harder and farther. It's like, what does that do? So whatever they do, what does that do? And when you think about it, it, um, gosh, with a rental car company, connecting people, that could be what they do, connecting people. Mm -hmm. And so every thought, decision, and action could be that of making that special connection. So when you walk into a, a rental car company, they'll just say, hey, who are you connecting with today? How can we make your experience better? It's just everything that goes along with with connecting people instead of renting cars. Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? So we wanted to get a little bit bigger on basically how, you know, what does it mean to the customer? How how does it be delivered to the customer? And how does it attract customers? And how will it create a common language to support their vision to the customers? So it's always drilling down to to the to the core essence, really, of of what your product's ultimate goal is and what how it helps people at the deepest level. Marla, absolutely beautiful, yeah. well said. So so let's let's play with one. Do you mind? Um, for instance, who comes to mind? I have a client that manufactures uh, diaper bags and yeah. um, and actually purses too and. They they tout their bag as not being a dump bag where you just no compartments. It's an organized diaper bag for the busy mom on the go. So a vision for that company may be something like uh, we help make busy mom's life e- easier. Something like sure. I don't, yeah, that would be perfect. You want to try to do it in six words or less, or as as much as you can. So that would be a perfect one. Or for moms, um, you, you know, if you have a diaper bag and it's like, oh, it smells and people can smell it and this and that, it, you know, provides peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, something that really gets the end result there. So, yeah, absolutely. Anything mm-hmm. like that can work. And then, you know, when you have an employee that, let's say, you're, you're, you're providing peace of mind, you know, for the mothers, the employee will think of everything they can do to provide peace of mind for the mother. Love it. Love it. So it doesn't necessarily have to include a statement for the employee and the customer. It's just one big overall vision. Right. And then, you know, then, then you have employees that say, you know what? I want to provide mothers with peace of mind, mothers and babies, because I have a child. And when I go out, I'm slopping five bags and I stuff one in an old shopping cart bag, a, a diaper, and then it smells and I'm embarrassed with this or I don't want to change the diaper because my baby, you know, I, there's no place to do it, and my baby's screaming and, you know, all that type of <laughs> stuff. So it'll allow all the products, uh, service, and knowledge to come through with uh, providing peace of mind for mother and, and baby. Wow, Doc, have you been an overwhelmed parent? <laughs> you do, did well with that. <laughs> I think we, are- we all have. I needed a bag like that. We, we had my boy, a one-year-old, we flew to Hawaii, and regretfully, he was on my lap. We didn't get a seat. Oh, no. And he was twisted like an alligator with uh, a dirty diaper for a long time. Oh, so- and here we go into break. Thanks so much, Doc. We'll be right back.
Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. Well, we're here with the Culture King, Dr. David Vick, author of The Culture Secret, How to Empower People and Companies No Matter What You Sell. And I hope you're enjoying the conversation as much as I am. Um, Doc, going into break, we're talking about your poor little son on the way to Hawaii with a a dirty diaper. And uh, that came up because of the mention of my clients who have this fabulous, well-organized diaper bag. And uh, we're discussing a, a, a good vision and a statement for them. Any more thoughts on that? Yeah, you know what? Um, you know, I mentioned, I think we both mentioned, uh, you know, about uh, um, to, to, to help moms and babies and so forth. But again, thinking back, that's not, that's kind of gender specific with so yeah. many men taking care of babies. You don't want to kind of, you know, make your vision that would kind of not attract any men. That would right. limit your, your mm-hmm. future market. And they do have a dad a dad bag, so that's that's popular as well. And they also have the purse line in their company, so we wouldn't want to exclude that in a vision. And and the organizational yet stylish pieces of it is what's important. Love it. You know, they could have a vision of of uh, storing what matters. Oh, I love that. <laughs> storing there what matters. 
And then the purpose of the book could be providing peace of mind. Storing what matters, providing peace of mind. Oh, I love that. So, so again, that digs down to the greatest intention, you know, what really, really matters about the product and how it helps people. And in the same in service, you know, uh, if, if you, we talked about an accountant earlier and, and what that means. And, and, uh, so just, yeah, that reminder, that question that people can ask themselves basically, you know, it's just what, what else and what more, right? Yep, but don't. No, I, I I always advocate kill your mission statement. Mission statements are the yeah. how. Like uh, you know, if you want to have a mission of doing uh, selling toothbrushes, you, you know the mission would be selling them in stores and kiosks, this and that. But the thing is, if you give the vision and purpose to somebody, they will create the how. Mm. Plus, mission statements are like two to three paragraphs long. I've gone into so many companies that have a mission statement. No one could recite one word of it. So how is that going to go ahead and align their thoughts, decisions, and actions to create, deliver, and reinvent? Right. Yeah, I, I I do. I do remember that from corporate. I remember one time standing in front of the elevator that I stood in front of for 20 years and I looked up and there was this big frame statement, which was a mission statement. It was three paragraphs long. And I just shook my head. And I'm like, how does this help me as an employee to deliver better? It doesn't. It doesn't. Nor, nor employee or a customer. So the thing is, and these are made by grown adults. And these adults don't 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 try to fail. They they just I don't think they they fully understand the simplicity of building a great culture and have it easy to be repeatable and memorable and help guide the employees and attract the customers. Right, right. Okay, so our second point in the Ink article uh, is is determining your purpose. How is that different than a vision? Well, the vision is kind of what you do or what you want to deliver or what you want to create, and the purpose is really why you're doing it. I mean, why, why are you doing it? Just to make a ton of money? Remember, people have got, all got hosed lately, and their antennas are up. They don't want to take it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They want to know why you're doing something. So you might want to articulate that. Very important. And it gives, gives passion to the people that work at your company. You know, purpose is number one on the list of three things employees want. They want purpose, number one, two, autonomy, and then three, compensation, which is Mm -hmm. a given. But the purpose, most people leave their companies because they have no real reason to stay. What they're doing is not valued by the management. It's not wanted. They're not reaching their potential. So purpose is a huge thing. So if you have a great purpose, then it'll attract a lot of employees. And customers, if it's great enough, we really won't want to shop anywhere else because you're, like, making the world a better place. Yeah. And I would think that with with a strong purpose about helping others and making the world a better place, you're going to attract a different um, level, maybe I would say, of employee, someone who's really going to remain more committed and have a, possibly a little more integrity. Would, it, would you say that's right? Absolutely. Yeah, because they're working for something really cool. And if you have the vision and purpose, remember, you don't have to tell people what to do. They know what needs to be done. So they have their second most want is autonomy. And so they can create and kind of just get behind what you guys are doing and why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. 
So say more on autonomy um, they can create, get behind what they're doing. What does that mean in terms of like workspace or anything like that? Well, you know, autonomy, they want to be their own individuals. Zappos uh, celebrates everybody's individuality, uh, which is a really cool thing. People want to be themselves. And um, so the autonomy is real, real, real important. Um, otherwise, you're telling people what to do. They don't own it. They don't get creative on it. And they just wait for the next order. Mm, kind of robotic. Good. Yeah, kind of robotic yeah. and boring, huh? Yeah, and then they only do what you tell them to do. And, you know, yeah. the biggest thing, one of the biggest uh, uh, thing that puts into perspective, Marla, is in the 70s, the S&P company was probably about, the average lifespan was like 50 years before 1970. Now it's less than 25 years. So the people aren't meeting the wants, these needs and demands of the employees or the customers, and companies are dying a lot quicker. They're not evolving. Yeah, and and you think it's because of this rather than the uh, change in the marketplace in terms of technology and trending and such. Yeah, change in technology. They're not they're not scaling with the information age. They're not meeting the wants demands of employees nor the customers. Otherwise, they would be thriving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That all fits in together. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Pretty simple. Yeah, it is. I love it. Okay, so ooh, aligning your business model. Talk to us about what that means. Yeah, that's kind of what we've been talking about a little bit, um, where you want to go ahead and align your business model. Now, remember, a business of, of, of the past, it's like, hey, you want to work here, you do this, and you get two weeks vacation, that's it. You know, we've all been damaged lately, so it's like, no, I don't want that. I don't want to see what my parents had, work 40 years, then their retirement's gone, then their savings are gone, all that stuff. No, I want to make a difference. I want to work at a cool place that does something really cool. And so you need to align, first of all, your business model with that. Another one, you got to align it with the information age. I've worked with a lot of companies, and the companies don't really have websites. Mm -hmm. They want to work with salespeople. And, again, salespeople are, are really, really cool, but the middle person is going to be going away, or it's going away right now, unless you add a lot of value. Marley, you probably don't use a travel agent anymore or a stockbroker, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. You do it by yourself. You want to make your own decisions because all the knowledge is on the, on the, on the computer, right, at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. So companies have to evolve that way. Some companies don't. They still have long-term contracts. They upsell people. So you got to kind of evolve with maybe a platform model or if you have a brick and mortar, switch to bricks and clicks like some companies are doing. You just have to scale with what's going on now. Again, the wants, needs, and demands. Mm. That's, that's what you got to do with the business model. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about employee incentive. We talked about that why, that purpose, and how that motivates employees. Um, from a monetary viewpoint, what kind of new models do you see out there for rewarding employees that really helps to drive them? Well, I've, saw, I've seen a lot of different models. Um, but, again, a lot of with the business model, people, are you know, they like to go ahead and pay their employees a million dollars a year, but then they wouldn't be in – Mm-hmm. In, um, in, in business for long. So to have a real engaging workforce where you allow them to be themselves, you allow them autonomy, um, that's one of the key factors. And 
the big purpose is a key factor, like like Tom's shoes. You know, not, not a lot of companies can do this, but with every pair of Tom's shoes they sell, they give one pair of shoes to a child in need. Right. What's not to love? I mean, how can you not be passionate about that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But passion is one thing, but we all have to put food on the table. So um, outside of the standard paycheck, uh, do you see companies inventing new models for rewarding their com- their, their employees financially? Yes, some. Some, uh, some do it with Doc. Um, some technology companies and, and some of them pay less and have a great culture. A lot of companies right now are going to incentivizing things, uh, having little wins along the way and bonuses along the way. Uh, mm-hmm. A big thing now is breaking bread, which helps create relationships. So you go to work and all the food is free, you know, mm-hmm. all the drinks are free, so you don't have to go and spend $10, $15 a day to go ahead and, um, you know, Mm-hmm. Pay for your own stuff. They have certain services that, when you go to work, you kind of you kind of uh, create your day all around work, like your doctor's appointments, cleaning, dry cleaning, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of these companies are putting them in part of the culture, and so they take care of you like you matter, instead mm-hmm. of just having you grind out and give them a paycheck and. You know, let you know you better be happy about it because um, right. they're paying you. Right, right. And so, for virtual employees, you might do something like uh, send them a Starbucks gift card every every now and then, since you can't buy their lunch every day. Right, uh, that wouldn't be economical. But do those little perks like that go a long way? Absolutely, Marla. It's just basically treating them like they matter. So it's like yeah. you can send them send them a gift card, but just say, hey, John, uh, you've done such a tremendous job and uh, you're such an asset to the company that we like you to get you know we like you to have this gift card but one of the biggest things is just thanking people yeah treating them like they matter and that's what they really need they want the acknowledgement mm-hmm. and recognition which mm-hmm. is a subset of purpose so if you have a purpose up there they're already feel good about it and then you acknowledge them and recognize them then they feel good about it too and it really Marla if you drill down, it doesn't have to all be about money. Right. You know, right. like if I said, hey, Marla, I need, I, need to move, uh, I need to move some stuff in my backyard. Can you help me move it? I'll pay you uh, your $20 an hour for two hours. Mm-hmm. You'd probably go, you know what? I would do it, but I don't need to get paid for it. Because I feel yeah. good about it. And we'll be back in just a few moments in our final segment. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Evermore, people have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Viktor Frankl, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection. With host Mary Simaluka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on Toginet.com. 
More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 Central, on Toginet.com. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions in both their business and personal lives? Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years. And now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list to Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. If you have unhappy employees and your customers aren't returning, then put February 5th on your calendar because that's when Dr. David Vick's book is coming out, The Culture Secret, How to Empower People and Companies No Matter What You Sell. It's a must buy. So thank you, Doc, for being with us here today. And uh, we are on to the next step that we talked about over at Inc.com. And it's, it's probably the one that baffles my mind the most. It's probably the one that I am least good at. So I'm really excited about this one. <laughs> and it is creating the wow factor, the uniqueness, the wow factor. Talk to me. Well, you have to have a, a unique or wow factor for your business. Otherwise, you're going to sell us by the pound. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to be a commodity. So you got to really look back and figure out, okay, what can I do within my industry or within my product or delivery that will make it unique? It's a, it's a simple question. What can I do? Uh, if you're, like, let's say a service station, like a gas station. Service station is a, a service is evaporated from a gas station, right? So if you want to be, you know, if you can make money with your business model, if you want to uh, stand out from the rest, you provide the best service you know, an unseen service in your community. You look at some companies that are that are um, um, restaurants, and they see lines out the door. Just take a look at what their unique factor is. It could be a signature dish. It could be something you don't get anywhere. It's whatever you feel or whatever can make that company unique or that restaurant unique, and you got to look at your company the same way. Mm-hmm. What can I do to make my company unique, different from all others? Do you think it's any more difficult for service-based businesses to achieve this? Not really, because in most service-based uh, businesses, the service is gone. You know, mm-hmm. the service is gone. You know, they'll have customer service, which is pretty much wallpaper, that it's always at the end 
of, of, of the, the buying cycle. But you look at Apple, what they've done is they provided customer service within their products. Steve mm-hmm. Jobs, you know, their, their products don't have instruction manuals. They're intuitive. <laughs> so to have customer service for a product that works that everybody can use is a moot point. Right, right. Interesting. Yeah. I've never thought of it that way. For, personally, it frustrated me a little bit when my iPhone didn't come with an instruction manual. <laughs> but then you start using it. It's like, wow, this is easy, right? Yeah, once I got the hang of it, because I haven't had a Mac since since the inception of Macs, so um, the Apple. So, um, you know, it, it was tricky for a little while, a couple days maybe. But once I got the hang of it, it's a breeze. Love it. That's, yeah, they make all their products unique like that. Oh, and they make them stylish and all that stuff. So it's, uh, that's yeah. how they set them. And even the desktop, you know, you look at any other computer, they're, they're changing now, but, you know, you have a desktop of an Apple, you put one plug in the wall, that's it. I love that. I love that. Right? I mean, how many, how many times you set up a regular computer and it takes like a day or two to figure it out and you got like 12 cords, it, it's, mm-hmm. they're a mess. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually had someone say to me today that in their business they went from PC to Apple and um, they are saving about $40 a month in electricity because they were able to replace all these big monitors and, you know, these huge um, decks and things with with just two pieces of equipment. Yeah, it's incredible. I I had an old computer. All the cords couldn't even fit in one uh, power strip. Yeah, yeah. Who invents these? Unbelievable. Who creates them? It's unbelievable. I, know. I love it. So what about what about a business though that that one might consider a little mundane and, and I'm I'm sorry to accountants out there, but I, I'm gonna use an accountant as an example. So we have an accounting firm. What what could be unique about that? Well, they could go ahead and take it to the next level and, and just create some great, great services. You know, a company I'm working with, um, the accountants were sending out bills saying, hey, your bill's five days late. You know what I mean? Can you please pay now? It's like, wow, is that a great experience? No. So they start, start to switch things up. They wouldn't even ask for the bill. They, go, they would say, hey, just want to let you know or want to make sure you got this, uh, got this last email. Yeah. You know, they don't have to. And the people, they know that they got the last email, they say, oh, yeah, the check's in the mail. So they don't have to be uh, non-service or non-experiential. You know, attorneys do the same thing. A lot of times you work with an attorney, and it's like, well, how much will this be? It's like, well, we don't know. Yeah. It is what it is. And so the thing is, you don't go to a contractor, you put a new kitchen, and he goes, well, I have no idea. It'll be what it'll be at the end. It's like, people don't want that. Mm-hmm. And so if you really want to, you know, branch out, I worked with one attorney. It was a capitated fee. It's like, this is how much you pay for this. That's it. Done. Oh, I love it. And I'll bet you he's raking in the business because that is so unique. And it's in alignment with what the people want nowadays. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And accountants, too. Um, you know, they can... They can they can build their business, just whatever will be unique in their industry, and that will align with the wants, needs, and demands. People will just hand over fist. They'll keep, keep coming to you, and you got the word of mouth, so you'll grow. 
Fantastic. And now we're on to my very favorite part of this whole process because I'm a values nut. <laughs> Clarifying the values is an important piece of this process. Doc, tell us why. Well, you know what? The, the, the value lets people know what you're kind of all about. And, right. and some people go, well, how do I come up with my values? And it's not that difficult. It's like, what do you as an organization value? And you, you, you can put it down. So when some, an employee comes in and sees your values, they'll either be attracted by it or they don't want. Maybe your values are high, high fast-paced, like maybe New York lifestyle. But somebody's from the Midwest, if it's clarified and articulated properly, they'll go, you know what, I like that company, but it's not for me. Maybe I'll send my friend that comes from New York that likes that high fast-paced lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I liked the way in the article that you said that um, values can become self-managing. And the the uh, example that you used in the article is if, if your company isn't, if your employees aren't that great at getting right back to people, um, you might create a value like timely communication. And uh, it's, it's, it's not a lie, it's timely, but it could help uh, employees to step up and into that, into that value. Yeah, and in the future, you'll have the value you want. So it's not always right. the value. You don't want to say, hey, we have, we have poor communication. That's our value. Right. No, we don't value that. That's what we have. But you're right. You'll have it, and it'll become self-managing later on along the way. There's one key thing, Marla, that I've had met with a lot of companies. They uh, met with executives. They, they put out their values, and they meet with a lot of resistance. And the challenge with that is, it's like me coming into your house, Marla, and saying, okay, these are the values of your house, Marla. What would you do? Oh, yeah, you, you, you bet I'd rear up because I know my values. You don't, right? Right. I'll tell you, know, you've got to go to bed at 9, 9 p.m. and it lights out. You go, yeah. hey, I'd like to stay up late. So you kind of, the best thing to do is kind of let it out to the, to the employees. They're going to live there. They know what they all value. You can nudge it, you know as you go along, but you want to have whoever's going to live in the house come up with the values. And again, the values have to be aligned with the vision and purpose. If your, your vision is to create the best experience, but you, don't get, you have a value that doesn't get back to people for a week at a time, that's not in alignment with the vision. Mm-hmm. So every, all your values have to support your organization with the vision and purpose. So I'm sure that some of the customers, the clients that you've worked with, Doc, have probably not only have the leadership t- team shown some resistance, but there must be employees who, who show resistance and, and, and these values don't become self-managing uh, in, in, the cer- with the, in the certain employees' performance. What, what do you recommend in cases like that? What I recommend is you got to figure out, I mean, if you want to scale into the future, you want to be successful, you have to empower your employees, and you have to pretty much declare as a group what you're moving forward to do. Mm -hmm. This is what we're doing, this is why we're doing it, and these are the values that will support it. So if anybody doesn't like it, that's great. We love you to death, but they'll probably excuse themselves. Maybe once in a while you have to pull the weeds to let the grass grow. But the thing is, you can't have people that are out of alignment or the majority of the people that are out of alignment with the company because you won't produce the results 
or the outcome that you want. Right. Yeah. Make sense, Lola? Yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely. And sometimes as a coach, I meet with a lot of resistance from my clients when I when I help them to realize it's time to let that person go. And and this is this is a good example though. This is great. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not really personal, but that, this is what we do here. And the yep. cool thing about it is leadership doesn't have to be personal. It's like, hey, Jimmy, the thing is, I don't like the way you're doing it. It's like, hey, Jimmy, this is what we do here, and this is what we need to do. Yeah. So if you don't want to do it, that's okay, but this is what we do here. Then it's more objective. They don't take it personally or subjectively. Yeah. Yeah, it is because now you've you've got this these values and this purpose and and vision to to back it up. So they probably see it coming truthfully. Yeah, and a lot of people they just dismiss themselves if they're not in alignment with it, but they stick yeah. out pretty much. People all want to fit in. So when they stick out, they know it. And they usually yeah. leave. But again, it's such a small percentage, but then when you have people that quote aren't the centers, you have everybody with the hearts beating in one direction, the language the same, the magic that happens is unbelievable. And you've seen it, I'm sure, Marla, many I times. Have. I have. And we are down to the final few seconds of our show. So, so I would love to thank you for being here today. This has been most helpful and most insightful. And I, I hope that you'll, you'll come back on the show maybe next year. Love it. Anytime, uh, anytime you call me up or, or contact me, because Marla... You're excellent, and what you do provides a lot, a lot of value for a lot of people that are hard working that just need to just see a little nudge here and there to figure things out so they can be, uh, become super successful and reach their potential. So I applaud what you do wholeheartedly. Well, thank you. Thank you. And, and, and so empowering those folks is why I do it. So thank you, Doc, Dr. David Vick. And you can learn more about him at theculturking.com. And I will see you here next week. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka from Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to 